When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life's defining moments don't always feel that great when they are happening. In the moment, they can feel challenging, uncomfortable, difficult, impossible even. But with hindsight, they can take on a different shape. Each week, I ask my guests to share their biggest life learnings to date as we explore those difficult, swampy, infuriating times and how they shaped them, all from a comfortable distance that's afforded them the time to take the positive out of what might have seemed nothing but negative at the time. Because whether it's risks, excuses, obstacles, opportunities, both missed and taken, successes, regrets, curveballs, weaknesses, strengths, and perhaps the hardest lesson of all, being wrong, they are the reason they are the person they are today. The person sitting in front of me on this episode of The Emma Gunn Show. My guest today is Estée Lalonde, one of the most familiar faces online with over 1 million YouTube subscribers and over 650,000 followers on Instagram. She was one of the original beauty bloggers, named then Essie Button, but is firmly established now as Estée, one of the most influential content creators out there. She has worked with all the major beauty brands you can think of, has been shot by world-famous photographer Rankin, and has added brand founder to her CV with her brand Mirror Water, which has recently launched into Space NK. She was raised in Waterloo, Ontario in Canada, studied arts and contemporary studies at Ryerson University before switching to psychology at the University of Waterloo. Her move to London happened because she fell in love and whilst finding her feet in one of the busiest capitals on the planet, embraced the beauty blogging community. The rest, as they say, is history and she has gone on to tackle more creative endeavours, including designing a range of jewellery with Daisy. Perhaps what has made so many people follow Estée over the years is her honesty and authenticity. She has been open about her mental health, has shared the highs and lows of her life, including the breakdown of the relationship that brought her to the UK. And it's why Mirror Water, which started as an online community for self-reflection before it became a bath and body collection, is so important to her. She is your online best friend who will always make time to hear you out. Estée Lalonde. It is such a pleasure to welcome you to the Emma Gunn Show. Well, 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 what an intro. <laughs> Are you having a moment? Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way. <laughs> is it odd to, do, do people not reflect your success back at you? Because you are like a proper modern day success story. Am I? I don't know. I don't know. It makes me anxious <laughs> just thinking about it. It does. It does. It makes me feel weird. And also, the, my friends aren't in this world at all. So, most of them don't even understand what I do. And a lot of them are sort of newer friends, you could say, over the past like five years. So they don't really understand what it took to get me to where I am now. You know, so they've only seen the more recent side of the story. So, no, oftentimes people don't reflect that back at me to answer your question. But I'm guessing perhaps it's not something you want to necessarily extrapolate or interrogate too much. Yeah. I mean, if I just sat around and thought about it all the time... I think you'd have like, I don't know. I don't know what would happen, but I don't want to find out. You'd spontaneously combust. If you're just like, oh my God, look what I did. I don't think it would help my nerves for sure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, I think, when you put it down yeah. on paper and look at it and go, wow. And I think sometimes for people it can arrest them, their ability to move forward, mm. which I think is something that's really important to you. Yeah, I'm I'm all about moving forward for sure. Um, and I also, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, think of somebody, I don't know, let me just think of an example. 
Beyonce. Let's just say Beyonce. Knew you were going to say Beyonce. Like how I used to think, how did that happen? Like now she's just this thing and, you know, how did she get there? But I don't think Beyonce was born and then knew where she was going to get to. This isn't making sense, but I'm just saying things just happen in your life. And, you know, even, you know, say my friend's mom was a teacher. Like, how do you know you wanted to be a teacher? I don't think you necessarily always know things in life just happen. And then next thing you know, you're in your late forties and you're a teacher. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it it doesn't have to be this big plan. And I remember being really overwhelmed as a child and a teenager thinking, I don't know what my end goal is. And I never did. And I still don't. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that made some sense. No, I think it's really good. Actually. I think if we, if we impress upon ourselves too rigid, a timeline, the only thing you're ever going to notice is if when you achieve it or when you don't. So it's very binary and it's kind of success or failure and not enjoying the in-between, which Mm. I think is what many of us don't do. Yeah. Sometimes it can feel hard to enjoy the in-between because it doesn't always feel like something's happening. Mm. You can feel kind of stagnant during the in-between, even though you're not. I kind of suffer with that sometimes. I'm like, I'm not doing anything, but I am. Mm. I am doing something. And yeah, I'm trying to work on that. You know, I'm, I'm the person who is, you know, I have a brand all about relaxation, but I'm the person that's stressed the most. And I'm stressed even when I'm relaxing sometimes, because I think I should be doing Mm. something because Mm. everybody's always doing something, but actually rest is productive in its own way. And I'm trying to just kind of accept that and work on that. It's funny you use the word stagnation and that's something I use a lot in my own uh, internal monologue that's constantly critiquing me. Like, you haven't done anything this weekend, you're just stagnating. Yeah. And actually, no, I'm in active recovery, thank you very much. I have to push back quite hard because my inner monologue will always criticize. Yes, active recovery, I like that because that is what it is. So we, for me, my weekends are active recovery for the week because I'm kind of go, go, go in the week and I like to take my weekends. So I like that active recovery. I'm going to use that. Um, my gift to you. Yeah, that is a <laughs> gift. Oh, we're all so hard on ourselves, aren't we? We're all so hard on ourselves. Okay, so I like to start asking my guests about what their relationship is like with risk. And I'm interested to know this from you, but if you had to say what your relationship is like with risk, how would you describe it? So I, I, like maybe four or five years ago, I went to this finance guy and he asked me the same question. (laughs) Oh, for your investment portfolio. (laughs) For my investment portfolio. And I had never really thought of it, but I think risk, you can look at risk differently for different subjects, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But in my career, I feel like I am... I feel like I take risks. I feel like I'm open to risks. What's a what is the what is a risk of trying something? I don't really see that as a risk. I like trying new things. And I really I don't want to say I love failure, but failure really doesn't get me down that much cuz I fail often. So I want to talk about that in this podcast. <laughs> we can absolutely <laughs> talk about that. Why doesn't failure get you down? Because I really look at it and I think this is so important. I really look at it as, as, well, that's just not what's meant to happen. That's not your calling. That's That doesn't click with me. That's how I look at it. And mm-hmm. I really do. I, I try not to think I am such a loser. That didn't work out. I try to think, okay, that wasn't quite right. What can I learn from that? And then apply it to the next thing. Um, and just because you fail at doing something once doesn't mean you couldn't try it again, you know, in a year or something. So try not to take failure too personally. This well, it's um, it's data, isn't it? I failed, and so this is what I can learn. This is the data that I will take with me into the next thing, and like maybe I'll try it again, or maybe I'll try the thing adjacent to it that is more suited to me. But that is all information that's useful. Yes, and I think it's really important because I see it a lot with my friends, with my you know certain family members, and they just think I'm fearless or something. I'm not fearless. I just don't. I hate that. Here we go. Stagnant again. I hate getting stuck in something that's just, it it doesn't serve you at all. It's like, okay, maybe take a minute, Mm -hmm. take a breath, but then use it. I like to use failure as fuel. 
Use failure as fuel. I love this. I mean, I'm going to take some things from you today. But it's projected onto you that you're fearless. But you would say, no, 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 no. No. I'm scared all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But I really, I I, I like living in that because not to get too deep, but I'm depressed. I have like, I have issues with depression and everyone kind of knows why mental health struggles pretty much if you, if you watch me or follow my story that when I feel scared, I like it because I can at least feel something, you know, I think I go through my life feeling like more of a tendency to be numb. That's my, my default, you know? So when I feel afraid, I feel like excited. I feel scared. I love, I enjoy that feeling. I like the, the fact that I can feel something. I can work with that. Mm. It's the numbness I'm actually more scared of. Yes. So are there things in your life, and I'm asking you this because there are definitely in mine, and I think we have some symmetries. There are certain things that I simply cannot do. And it sounds really daft, but like getting the tra- the same train, sitting in the same carriage every day, which I have done in my past, made me atrophy. Mm. I have to have variety. I have to be pushing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not good for my head. I think I would say I'm probably the same, although I would say I'm a creature of habit. But I, kind of I haven't had the time to have a habit. I haven't had the time to do the same thing every day. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Like, I, my dream for myself this year was to wake up at, a, at the same time every day and take my dog for a walk and do whatever. Well, well, that just does not happen because of the way my life is. And maybe it's chaotic. I don't know. But I like it. Ah, well, this is interesting. Do you think that if you did get up at the same time every day, that that somehow makes you more efficient? Because I think that's something that we're really spoon fed of like, get up at the same time every day. If you work out early, it's somehow more morally upright than working out in the evening. There are all of these things. And I have to fight it myself because I can wake up, be dog tired, get to seven o'clock and think, oh, I haven't done a workout. The day's ruined. And I have to think, that that actually isn't the case at all. But there's a part of me that's programmed to believe, is it perfectionism? What is it? Yeah, there's definitely something going on there because I I feel the same. I'm sure everybody listening feels the same. If if I'm waking up, if my alarm is going to go off at 6.45 and I don't get out of bed till 7.59, I feel like I've wasted time. I hate that feeling of wasting time. Maybe I was just tired. Maybe I just really needed that. And maybe it didn't matter. Mm. But it's constantly like rebalancing yourself against these ideas, I guess. So you've said what your relationship is like with risk. So I'm curious to know, what would you say is the biggest risk you've ever taken? The biggest risk I've ever taken is starting this brand. (laughs) This is the biggest risk by far. It consumes my every waking and sleeping moment. What was the risk? What would have happened had you not started it? I say that I don't really think about failing too often. But I think <laughs> if this were to fail, I would really struggle with that. <laughs> I think I would really struggle with that because I've put everything into it. Now, mm-hmm. when I when I wanted to start this brand, look, I've done a lot of brand collaborations where I've had to put in, say, 50% of my effort in to make them successful because there's been another team behind it or something like that. When I set out to do this brand, I had a little conversation with myself that was, Estee, there is no one foot in, one foot out. You have to put everything into this. And in my head, it's like, okay, well, if I put everything into this and I still fail, that's going to hurt. Mm. So I've I've accepted that. Like, I feel like if this, if this did, knock on wood, go like tits up, I would... I would have to reconcile that with myself. Like I tried my best and my best wasn't good enough, you know? So I've never really done that before. Right. Because I've always kind of had one foot out the door. I've always kind of had that. Well, if it doesn't work, that's okay. If it doesn't work, we can try something else. But with this, there's just so much on the line for me. Like, you know, reputation-wise, money-wise, my life savings, you know? all these things. And I think I would really struggle with that. So please do check out the brand. (laughs) It is a great brand. and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot. But what did you have to do mentally and emotionally in order to be able to finally pull the trigger if you knew that the stakes were that high? Gear up. (laughs) 
<laughs> what does that mean? It means I had to seriously prepare. It's like almost like probably how someone feels before they run a marathon. It's like you need to really think about, am I in this to win this? Am I going to be able to commit to this? Am I going to be able to, you know, hit obstacles and solve them? again, 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 because I've worked in the industry. I've seen people start brands and they're they're seven years on and it still doesn't have its wings. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's very hard to start a brand, way harder than anyone can explain. Mm -hmm. And people told me that, but now that I've done it, it is actually harder, but you're also addicted to it. So it's fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I love it. I'm obsessed. It's equal parts hard and fun. It's equal parts fun and hard. Yes. The highs are so high. The lows are so low. The lows, and my one of my mentors said this to me, the lows, they really feel like earth shattering. Because not only am I responsible for myself, but I have, you know, people that I work with, all these freelancers, my audience. I feel like I'm holding up. I have to hold up a lot. So the lows, can, the pressure can get to you. I remember bumping into a friend who has a really big staff of people, has her own brand. And it was just after um, the queen died. And I said something about the bank holiday. And the first thing that came out of her mouth was the the payroll for that day. I was like, that's how a brand founder has to think. It's always about thinking about the bottom line. For sure. I was curious whether you look back and think about moving to London as a big risk. Because when I was doing my research and looking at your story, I'm like, that is a... Moving for love, moving a, a long way from home, not knowing anybody, that's that's a risk I wouldn't have the guts to Yes, make. but Emma, <laughs> I was 19. <laughs> you don't think. There's no, is this a risk? You're just doing it. You know, you're not. Of course, I was scared. But even my mom said to me, stay, if you don't like it, just come home. That was it. That was the conversation, you know. It, it was like, it never felt big. It never felt big. Staying was difficult Mm -hmm. because I was so homesick. But the actual moving, no. That was, like, exciting. I was in love for the first time. My God. Moving to London. What? I'd never been to London, never been to Europe, you know. And I was so happy. I was so happy. I didn't think – now that I look back, I mean, I couldn't couldn't do it now. If someone said, okay, you're going to need to go move to Stockholm – for the next 12 years, I'd be like, I don't think I have that in me, even though I love Stockholm. Mm. But um, there's only so many areas of your life that you can gear up for. Yes. So I'm in um, reserve mode. (laughs) You know what I mean? So actually, that's really interesting. So if you compartmentalize your life, is everything so focused on the brand that it's almost like Yes. You are on standby. A hundred percent. Like I'm not having kids right now because I'm I'm focusing on the brand. That's a conscious decision you've had to make. And I want babies so bad. I talk about it all the time. But okay, so that's a calculated thing. So it's like, okay, I'm I'm going to make the decision not to. But what about just like seeing what happens? (laughs) Is it just, does that just not fit into? Yeah. I don't think, I, for me, I don't think it does for this because you have to get something to a certain point. I can't be, because then then I wouldn't be able to put my all into that. And mm-hmm. that's really important to me. But but this is how I, I'm a total control freak. <laughs> Same. And the reason I'm asking you this is because I've got some years on you and I, it's like that scene in Clueless where Alicia Silverstone says, how old are you? there's someone who's three months older (laughs) and that's a little bit more than that but I have definitely done the exact same thing of like I won't even entertain that because I need to do that first and as someone who is older I look back not with regret necessarily but thinking that was a little bit too binary that was a little bit too black and white and I probably could have it is true (laughs) it is binary and I definitely could if it happened Mm -hmm. but I just, that this is just the way I feel. Mm-hmm. This is just the way I feel. And I know people listening are going to say, there's never a right time. There's never a right time. But I still have the time, hopefully. And I just want to wait a little bit until I feel more settled. Because if I feel unsettled in my work life, 
unsettled in my home life. Mm -hmm. My relationships are going to feel unsettled. It's just not going to be good for any of those things. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely is too binary, but I don't care. But also, if you look at it from the outside and you look at the way that your life has gone, you would say, actually, if anybody wants to trust their gut and have the courage of their convictions, it's you. Love you. <laughs> I do think I live intuitively. Like, I feel things. You know, it's as simple as what what book do I want to read next? Stupid example. Mm -hmm. But I'll pick up this book and I'll be like, oh, that looks good. Or I'll pick up this book. No. And I'll pick up one book and be like, oh, yeah, I want to read that. Like, just something as simple as that. That applies to every element of my life. Just, does, how does it feel? Mm. But I said that to someone the other day and they were like, what do you mean how does it feel? I don't know how it feels. I'm like, well, there's your problem. Well, when you're describing that to me, I'm thinking you probably know yourself very well. Like, I can imagine that if you're in a situation you don't like, you'll be like, peace out. You just, you, you're probably quite... Have I done that with you? I have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> because I was at a dinner party on Saturday and the clock struck 11. And I literally looked at my Apple Watch. It said 10.59. I said, right, well, thank you so much. I'm going to go to bed. And my friend was like, you, you can't just say that. But why not? Mm. I had a great time. I'd like to leave now. <laughs> if it makes you, were you hosting? No. No. But if I was, I'd, they'd be gone for oh, sure. I have a friend who would have dinner parties and at like 9.30 would say, your Addison Lees are outside. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good move. Bye. I mean, that obviously is uh, quite a privileged thing. But it does seem as though you are quite connected with, it doesn't seem like you're, you'll stay in a bad situation. Well, you'd be surprised. Okay. Talk well, to me about that. Oh, God, are we still rolling? <laughs> Just, you know, it, sometimes it, I feel like in relationships, I've stuck in a bad situation, things like that. You know, I'm talking like I have my intuition figured out. No, mm -hmm. obviously emotions come into play. You know, I've had a relationship where it clearly was not working. Yet there I was, toxic and obsessed. <laughs> that that doesn't mean, I don't know myself that well. I thought we were meant to be. Mm. Well, Clearly we weren't because we hated each other, but like in a love tailspin as well, mm -hmm. you know, so I don't, I clearly didn't know myself that well. But one thing I would like to say is, you know, when you're in a good relationship because it does not cause anxiety. I saw someone say that on TikTok and it is true. Interesting. Have you ever felt that in your own life? Yes. So you know it's out there. I know it's out there. But I think in relationships, do you think if you were to analyze why maybe you stayed, is it because there's that, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to make it better, but also is it, I'd rather be in this than alone? I think in that case, for me, it was very much like, I need to work on my communication. Like I needed to... I needed to be better. And if if I needed to be better, well, that's something I could definitely work on because I'm that's what I do. Mm. But it comes to the point where it's like, okay, we just weren't compatible. You know, it's not about one person being better than the other, although I was better. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just, it's just to answer your question, yes, I've stayed in things that don't feel good. And it's but not not so much like events or things like that, but relationships for sure. Mm. Not that first relationship because everybody wants to think it's that one. It wasn't that one. That was one of the best relationships I've ever had. Yes. I didn't meet you until after yeah. all of that, but people talk about that relationship yeah. to me because I think it, they followed it on exactly. online. Yeah, yeah. Lovely, what a lovely memory to have had. And a relationship that brought you here, which is where you've made your life. Yeah, I owe everything to that relationship. That's how I see it. It's a really nice thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you about obstacles because obviously you're building this brand at the moment. Yes. And it's going to continue to flourish and grow. I hope so. And along the way on all of our journeys, and yours is obviously outlined at the beginning, an incredible journey, you have made a career of something that didn't exist true before 
which is why I think a lot of people are quite fascinated and want to keep looking at you and going, isn't it amazing what you've done? Because yeah. you're one of the you're one of the first. One of, yeah. So it's exciting. So along the way, are there any obstacles that you've had to overcome? Oh. My life is one big obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> are you the obstacle? Esther? I am the obstacle. <laughs> Um, so many obstacles. I mean, when you're 19 and you did, started doing something as a hobby, you don't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to, I, I didn't know what I was doing. One of the biggest obstacles I had to overcome was being able to advocate for myself. That was the the biggest hurdle, and it's something that you know you still work on every single day. But I think that initial lesson of not letting people take advantage of you, standing up for yourself, standing up for your worth, um, not doing things that you didn't want to do. Uh, because in the beginning, it was kind of like, you should be so lucky to talk about our product in your video, stupid example. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, this was before I had an agent or anything like that. I was on the phone to the PRs mm -hmm. saying, well, no, I don't want to put that face scrub in my video because it made me break out. Or something like that. And, they, you know, it just mm. the conversations you had to have. That was really hard. That was really hard to learn, that lesson. Did you feel that you did get taken advantage of in those early days? Definitely. I mean, I use this example all the time, but I did a meet and greet at a store. And it was, I didn't get paid for it. And I brought, you know, my whole audience there. And they, they didn't want to pay me for it. But I didn't really know if I should be getting paid. This was before anyone, you know, I was still working at Topshop at the time. Mm -hmm. So it, it felt a little bit like, I think I can ask for money to mm -hmm. go hang out at a store. You know, I didn't understand like what that really meant. Um, and I remember a few days before the meet and greet calling the PR and saying, I, I think I should have a fee for this. I think so, because I'm bringing my audience. And, you know, I remember like talking to my boyfriend at the time saying, what should I say? What should I say? And us prepping it. And then me actually getting on the phone with someone who was you know, 20 or 30 years older than me and saying, I really think I should get something for this. And they said, well, not really, because we are partnering with you and we are a way more successful yeah. brand. And, you know, and me just saying, okay, well, that sounds fair. I'll be there on Friday night at seven. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, but that only happens a, a certain amount of times. Well, it's transactional. And there is this thing, isn't it? It was particularly in a new industry or when things aren't, people aren't really sure. They, the people, the bigger people, have the power. It's like my mum always says to me when I was learning to drive, and I was like, "But I've got right of way." And she went, "No, darling, the bigger vehicle has right of way." <laughs> yeah, it's true. You metaphor. can get bulldozed for sure, for sure. Do you so advocating for yourself? How did you do that? This is a really big question. How did you do that without coming off as bitchy or um, not bitchy? Is probably not the right word, but, but it is difficult. Difficult. Yeah, I think for a woman, it is. You can be considered bitchy for if you sure. Advocate. Um, it was hard, and I think a lot of time it was compromising, you know, doing something for less than what I thought, but still doing it. You know, I know that's not really advocating, but in the early days it was. And, oh, gosh, I think when I got an agent, that really helped. That really helped because they could do it for me because mm -hmm. it's hard to be the person that the, that the brand wants to work with, all smiles, and also be the person saying, well, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So – you really do kind of need that middle person. Um, yeah. But even even now, if I had to do it, I think I could do it in a way that wasn't bitchy. But it would be direct. Mm. It would be direct for sure. I think direct is good. I love it. Hit me with the <laughs> truth. What's your budget? Yes or no? Whenever a conversation starts, uh, we just want to manage expectations. I'm like, no. That's going to, your word salad is following. Just tell me what the yeah, situation is. Yeah, and then is. we can work it out. Yeah. That's how I always look at things. Like, don't beat around the bush. I don't, I don't want to hear it. What's the problem? Let's find a solution. If someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I find it really hard to speak up for myself. Is there one piece of advice? And an agent isn't in there. No. Well, I hate to say it, but you have to just practice. You literally have to practice. And if you want to start slow, like I did, you know, I had to start quite slow, then start slow. But no one is going to advocate for yourself like you can do for yourself. And I also learned this lesson when I got my dog. 
my little baby girl, Effie. She's a rescue. And she's super nervous, scared of her own shadow, scared of wind, scared of the toaster, scared of people. And the behavior said, you are her advocate. What you do directly impacts her. So if you want to take her to a busy farmer's market, well, that's your fault that she's scared and that's your fault of this. So I've had to really learn how to advocate for her. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody says, can't we just take the dog to Harry's house party tomorrow night? I have to say, like, as much as I'd love to, no, and I have to advocate for her. Well, you have to do the same thing for yourself. Do I want to go to Harry's house party tomorrow night? Not really, because I'm exhausted. I'll be out by 1059. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, does the, is a consequence of beginning to develop that muscle of advocating for yourself and speaking up is one of the consequences having to deal with people not liking you. Yes. And how do you manage that? <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> no, obviously I want people to like me. Mm-hmm. Of course I want people to like me. I feel like I'm a pretty nice person. I, I don't try to be mean or anything like that. And when I do try to advocate for myself, I'm not doing it in a mean way, you know? Um, so I would say, yeah, like watch your tone. I think tone is very important when advocating. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Does is that like a little inflection at the end? Like, yeah. I think you need to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I want more. Um, yeah. I'm doubling my fee. Yeah. <laughs> Sing song voice is not necessarily. I think tone is important and intention. I also think intention is really important when it comes to advocating. Mm. Because if you're like, I'm clearly worth more than that. You know, but it's not just about money. You can use this to any any yeah. anything in your life. You know, if somebody says, we're going out for this bachelorette party and everybody has to wear a penis hat and you really don't want to wear one, you know, how do you get out of that? I don't know, but it sounds like an episode of Real Housewives <laughs> that I need to watch because <laughs> that would be a meltdown in some uh, friendship groups. Um, I'm curious about the biggest challenge that you've had to face because obstacles and challenges I think can be slightly different and it was interesting because when I asked you before the show you said um self-doubt oh yes self-doubt that was that's another big one you know we all have that even more than self-doubt it's why should I be the one to do that that was big for me too why should why should I be the one that's going on that trip or why should I be the one on that panel when there's someone that is way better at talking about that subject than me you know but also I am a Leo so just kind of have to brush that off a little bit um see now that's interesting to me that it's it's self-doubt but it's showing up as imposter syndrome yeah I've been I've been asked to speak on this panel or I'm being taken on this trip Mm -hmm. because fundamentally somewhere along the line someone has decided that it's a good investment to take you. It's not like you're getting a jolly. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And yet you you are projecting onto that experience that someone else perhaps deserves it more. Or, that you or deserve, wants it more. Well, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Someone else does want to be on that trip. Yeah, they do. A lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. And also I'll just say one, one thing. I was stopped on the street the other day by, you know, people are filming TikToks on the street and stuff like that. And they said, put a camera in my face and a microphone. And they were like, do you want to answer a few questions? I thought, oh, God, I'm not going to know anything about this. There's my self-doubt. I'm stupid. I'm not going to know the answer. I'm not going to give them what they want, that sort of thing. And I just thought, oh, I was in a pretty good mood that day. I thought, oh, I'll just do it. And it was about NFTs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, this is in your vlog. Literally, NFTs. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And anyway, I knew all the answers pretty much. Are yeah. you kidding me? No, no. I, they said, what does it stand for? I knew what it stood for. Is it non-fundable tokens? Fungible. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I said fungible, but fundable is a word. Yeah. I think it's fungible. Oh. And um, when I walked away from that, I thought, I'm not as stupid as I think I am. Do you, do you ever? Yes. Right. I feel like a stupid idiot. I am so bad at math. I failed math three or four times in high school. I'm really bad at math. I can't read maps. I don't understand a lot of things. <laughs> Are you, uh, has anyone ever called you stupid? I feel like there's some childhood trauma for sure. Right. But yeah, I, I, always, I never feel like the smartest person in the room. Never. But you know, Estee, there is a saying, well, there are two sayings very similar. You never want to own the most expensive house on the street and you never want to be the smartest person in the room. True. So you're set. <laughs> yeah. I think about, but but then it's like, why, you know, even if I'm out and people are talking about social media, I still feel like Charlie knows more than me when I've worked in the industry for however long. I think some of that is to do with being a woman. And I think a lot of that is just my own issues that I need to work through. I'm I'm really, I'm really, I can be unsure of my own knowledge, you know? I always like to triple check things. Mm. But I think everybody has stuff like that. Do you think as well it's perhaps because you don't take it too seriously? Like it's not your identifier. Yeah. Like you're very much Estee. And you can even sense from the your discomfort during that introduction. And when you do, we do talk about your status and profile mm. online. It's not, it's not something you lead with. No, it's not. That being said, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm hanging out with my friends and they they don't know my what I do and stuff like that. I almost don't know what to talk about with them because funny enough, most normal people don't talk about their work all the time. Mm. If I if I meet someone and I say, "Oh, what do you do?" like that's not something people usually say. I find I've noticed that. I'm the only one asking. I'm I'm the only one asking people how work is going. Hmm. It is quite a social industry. Yeah. That we're in. There's a lot of bleeding over into social life. Yeah. Can you can you feel me manically thinking, do I talk about work all the time with everyone? Yeah. And like I have a friend, she's a, a scientist, which is so cool. And I'm like, how's work? What's going on? She's like, good. Just working. I'm like, what? What else? You, like, it, it is a huge part of my identity is my job. And I, I find that some people, for some people, it's not. And I find it hard to communicate. I don't know what to talk about if we're not talking about work, because I don't really do much else. <laughs> do you find, though, that you like to surround yourself with people who have nothing to do with what you do? Yes. For the, reason, for the reasons of growth? Yes. And a break? And a break. And I feel like we're going to... I already kind of soft-launched my relationship online. Did you see this? Do you want to hard-launch it? I don't know if it's a hard... I don't know if I can hard-launch it, but, you know, that person... He does not have social media at all. He doesn't have Instagram. He doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't have any you, – you cannot find this man online. He mm -hmm. does not have the internet, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really refreshing So for me. Yeah. So is he – okay, this is a really bizarre question to ask, but is he unimpressed? Yeah. No. I think he's just unaware. <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly. I think – um, you know, when, when we first started dating, he said to his friend, like, oh, I'm dating this girl, Estee. And she was like, ha ha, not Estee Lalonde. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I think that's her last name. And then she was like, what? You mean this person? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, that's her. You know her? And she was like showing him and stuff, which is really funny to me. How is that for somebody who had, does not have social media to be with somebody who is followed by collectively like over two million people. I honestly don't think he gets it. 
like when we were walking Effie in the forest on the weekend and someone stopped and said, oh my God, Effie, Estee, I've watched your videos. He's just chilling. He doesn't, he doesn't feel any type of way about it. I'm sure he thinks, I don't know what he thinks. I don't think he really understands the stress. Like if I'm having a, a mentee mm. bee, as I like to call it. <laughs> a mentee bee. <laughs> he's like, it's okay, you know? It's all right. Those people know da 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 about you and stuff. And I'm like, no, but it's just so much pressure and da da da. And you know, and he was like, well, it's not that big of a deal. You know, he doesn't get it because he didn't grow mm. with me. You know, but it, all in all, it's a huge plus for me. I'm getting Notting Hill vibes from him, from the scenario. Oh, <laughs> you're Julia Roberts. He's Hugh Grant. Mm. Effie's resiphons. And <laughs> what what I'm curious about is, is there a sense of security in his feelings for you? The fact that he doesn't have any yes. other, he hasn't formed an opinion. Yeah. It's he, just you. He doesn't know, I wouldn't even say it's my persona, but he knows me mm-hmm. and he only knows me. And that is really something new for me because everyone else that I've dated since my first relationship you meet them online, they go on your Instagram, yeah. they get to know who they think you are, and everything is through that lens. Yes. So for me, yeah, there's no – it's not like I ever think anyone's in it for the wrong reasons. It's not even like that. It's just he really knows me, I would say. I think there can be a lot of pressure and having interviewed celebrities a lot over the years, so people who have a public profile, there can be a lot of pressure when you're meeting people or getting to know people that you end up communicating them to them in a way that is you're anticipating something they may have heard, and that in itself becomes exhausting. Exactly. You're like, I'm not like this thing that you might have heard because that was a lie, and that's just... There's undoing you kind of have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And none of that. None of that. None of that. But I mean, we're so, we're so different. I don't know. Why am I even talking? I always said I would never talk about my relationships. Is it because you're happy? It's because I'm happy. I think so. Yeah. I mean, God knows there's been some ups and downs. Girl, there have been some ups and downs. Well, I love to see it. I love Thank to see you. happy yesterday. Thanks. Um, okay. Let's talk about your greatest success. Oh, what is it? What you've built in terms of your community. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that that's something you keep coming back to. I know that we're also having a deeper meaningful now. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, I, I would say like personally, my biggest success is my independence. That is something that really moving here has taught me and, and doing this job and everything is is really being comfortable in myself. But my other greatest success is definitely the community that I've built. And, and I'm not just saying that, you know, we did a pop-up at Space NK for Mirror Water. You were there. I was there. And the people that came, I don't know how to explain it. And every every OG YouTuber feels the same way. And we've discussed it. But it's it's like when you meet a, a viewer who's watched you for 10 years, it's it's this really weird relationship. Like, you don't know them, but they know you. But somewhere you do know each other because you have a lot of similarities and mm-hmm. you get each other on a level. You can you cannot explain that to someone. Mm. You can't explain that, and it's it's a really unique bond. It's very cool. They've hung around for a decade. Holy, that's a lot. I mean, I said to all of them, like, I am so boring. Why are you doing this? And they're like, <laughs> You're not boring. We love watching you clean your kitchen. But you know, it, it is amazing. That's the anti cell, isn't it? Like, meet your fans and go, Why? Yeah. Why are you here? Oh, that's so me. That's so me to do that. <laughs> I'm curious in all the time that you've spent online, I think, again, this is mitigating people's preconceptions, but you've shared a lot. Have you ever regretted anything that you've shared or have there ever been instances of looking back and thinking, oh, my boundaries are so different now? Yes, my boundaries are so different now. I wish... I, I w- don't even want to say I regret it, but I think the the huge amount of oversharing I did in the first, I'd say, six years of my YouTube channel, I mean, that definitely had something to do with that relationship ending, I would say. You know, that's – it's too much. Mm-hmm. It is too much to share that much of your life. And, you know, we were 
both so young and we didn't understand that, you know. I wouldn't do it again. I would never share that much again. It I really felt very vulnerable, especially when that ended mm-hmm. because it, you know, and I've spoken about this before, but it's just it was like the longest breakup of all time because the audience wasn't getting over it. Even right. if I was getting over it, I was always reminded of it. It was too much. Oh, God, was it like pe- people with Britney Years and Justin? later, even today, sometimes I still get messages. You know, it's just, it hurts. Mm. And you think, God, why did I share all that? Like, it just feels personal. Mm-hmm. And then the after that, when I was really single and going through it, I probably should have just went into airplane mode. <laughs> I know you don't regret it because I don't think you're somebody who likes to look back with regret. I think you probably like to look back at learnings, periods of learning. And actually, like a lot of people that I do meet now say that that helped them get through that same thing in their life. Because I do think it's common. Long-term relationship from a young age, Mm -hmm. break up, have a total and utter life meltdown and come out the other side. You know, it's pretty common. Mm -hmm. Um, don't know if I needed to be the poster child for that. Is that how you felt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, I think sometimes, and I've had this with talking about eating issues that I have. It's not a classified eating disorder, so I don't want to call it that because I feel like that minimizes eating disorders. But I've gone on quite the journey and have been really open about it, but only after the fact of having kind of really crystallized what the situation was and taking the steps to overcome it. And I have put out all the information that I think can be helpful to someone else. And I'm really delighted to do that. But sometimes I can wake up in the morning, Sunday morning, and I'll get a DM and someone will say, I, I binged last night. And I just wanted, I, I know, I don't, I, I don't know why I'm telling you, but I'm telling you. And I'm really glad they feel safe. But at the same time, it does kind of rattle my own issues. And I'm guessing it's the same with you. It's exactly the same. I don't get, I binged. I get my boyfriend of seven years and I just broke up, you know, and I want to be there for them. But also, I'm, I'm not qualified to be there for them. And I'm sure you kind of feel the same. Like, mm-hmm. I can listen and I can send a supportive message. But yeah, and then it just makes me think, like, God, I did go through something pretty dramatic there. Mm. Um, so I totally get that. But also, like you said, very nice that they feel like they can lean on you and reach out to you. Because that is why I do it. I, I like to share stuff. And I think if you had been in a different situation and you had reached out to someone online when you were in the dark places you would you have to respond the way that you would have wanted to yeah. have been responded to yeah but i think it can be really hard to have those boundaries it really is but then you know now we've just discussed i'm in a happy situation i want to share it so much <laughs> but i also won't do it because mm. that hurt <laughs> that really hurt so yeah have you ever looked back on any of the vlogs or any of the blogs and just thought, I can't I can't imagine that coming out of my brain? In a good way or a bad way? Either. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just it was just so fun in the early days. You know, it was like my top 20 blushes. I don't even own 20 blushes now. You know, it was just, just it was such a what can I do next? You know, it was just go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. It felt so exciting. And then, yeah, I'm sure a lot of the things I did in my vlogs, I wouldn't necessarily say or do or. Have you ever deleted anything? Yeah, I've deleted all my old videos. Yeah, I've deleted from that relationship. Right. Mostly, and people ask me why, and and people really want to go back and watch it because it's nostalgic for them, I think. But mostly for his privacy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he has a life. And I don't think it's fair that I should have that up. And also, it was just such a different time. So, and also for my relationships, why it's not nice for someone to see with their act, you know? Yeah. It just doesn't need to be up there. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of starting fresh a little bit. I even went through my old Instagram posts. I think that's really healthy. It is. And it felt so good. I think it's really, I did a podcast six months ago, not even six months ago. And I was listening back to it because it got published recently. And I said something and I was like, oh, I've changed my mind since then. And I felt kind of, God, that happened really quickly. Yeah. But I would have stood by what I said so hard and so vehemently 
And yet when I was listening to it, I was like, oh no, I've moved on since then. Mm. And I think it can be quite um, tethering sometimes to have something, your opinion that no longer stands out in the world. Yes. Well, I try not to share opinions. Do you now? <laughs> if I can avoid it, yeah. Because you do change so much. Mm. You change so much. I mean, I'm getting all my tattoos lasered off for that exact reason. I've changed. Mm. How is that going, by the it way? Hurts. It looks so painful. <laughs> it hurts so much. <laughs> but, it, okay, so this is like a proper, this is like a spiritual rebirth. This is a thing for me. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big letting go time for me. I, I feel like I, I'm already almost done it, but I just need these tattoos to peace out. Interesting. Yeah. What sparked it? I realized that I couldn't really move forward in my current relationship if I was still holding on to the past. And the past, even if I thought I wasn't holding on to it, somewhere I was holding on to it mm -hmm. because those videos were still up or my those posts were still up or, you know, my, with my tattoos, it was really of the time for me. And I just, I just want to just let it go. Let it go. And actually, do you get um, acupuncture? I, I'm actually, I've had it a few times. I'm having it with in the next few weeks. Okay. Well, anyway, apparently I have a blockage in my large intestine. And it's, I have a problem letting go. I'll let you fill in the blanks. Not physically, although <laughs> it all is manifests. Your, okay. Is, anything is wrong with my life. My gut is the first thing that we're yes. like, okay, something's not 100%. Yeah. Right. Are you the same? I'm exactly the same. So I'm like, this is me mm. all the time. So I'm really trying to like soften, soften things. I'm like, relax, relax, let go. And that's part of my process. Yeah. Well, it's part of the process. And I think I said it in the Instagram post I did about the pop-up in that you said to me on the podcast, because this is not your first time, <laughs> you said to me on the podcast ages ago, recently, I'll get this wrong. You never regret having a bath. Yeah. You never regret having a bath. And when we then unpicked that, it was because it's, if you're basically submerged in water pretty much, like you you have to stay there. Mm. You can't be doing something. So there has to be a conversation between your brain and your body, like we're just going to be here for a bit. Yeah. Which I don't think perhaps is something that necessarily you find an easy gear to mm. fit into. And I think what you've done, which is amazing, is that you've taken this thing that you know works for you and you've turned it into something that will work for anybody. Oh, it works for anybody. I mean, I'm quite confident in that. Mm. How, I mean, everybody feels better after a hot bath or a hot shower. Mm -hmm. Everybody. I don't care what you've done, what you've said, who broke up with who. If you have a hot shower or a hot bath, you are going to feel a little bit better. It's not going to solve it, but you're going to feel like a little more I can deal with this. Mm. I feel that way. My mom actually always tells me that. Don't make any decisions till you have a hot shower and a good night's sleep. <gasps> That's great advice. Yeah. That is great. Have you always adhered to that? Yeah. Well, I no. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the things I regret. <laughs> I'm a I'm a particular kind of jerk. I'm a knee jerk. Yeah. And I have to really What like, are the other kinds of jerk? Well, there are lots, I don't know, just jerk jerk. But knee jerk in the sense that I I am a jerk if I have a knee jerk reaction. Because sure. my knee jerk reaction is always over emotional and is always a couple of degrees hotter than it needs to be. Passionate. Well, you call it passionate or you could just call it being a jerk. Like I yeah. know now that if I get an email and it it that red mist happens, it's like walk away from the computer and leave it until tomorrow oh i the fury i have in my body sometimes yes it's not normal but but i have pmdd which is pre-menstrual something disorder right this is the really severe one it's that can worse make you than pms yeah it's a whole issue I need to focus on it and try to sort it out. So is it just at certain times of the month? It's at certain times of the month and it's not it's not normal PMS. Mm -hmm. It's literally like you could be a serial killer if you let yourself be. You're not you're not in your body. You're 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 totally not so. Do you have to 
organize your life around it. Yes. I would imagine that no big decisions get made in the last week of the cycle. I just, it's more like I just need, I don't know what I need. I need some St. John's wort or something like that. I need something, but I want to talk about baths. That's when I really lean on that kind of stuff to mm. just be like, okay, just because Effie peed on the bed for the thousandth time does not mean that your life is falling apart. Mm -hmm. Just rebalance, recenter, you know. It's really difficult. You should get a PMDD expert on here. I'd listen. I will. You should. That's real. And you know, a lot of people have it. What's really interesting, so I've had a lot of hormone experts on the podcast. What's very interesting is how we completely minimize PMS. And we now know that, for example, cramps can be worse than the cramps of childbirth. Oh, God. And also the uh, pain of um, cardiac arrest. Oh, wow. I believe, please, someone's listening to this and I'm, I've seen this. It might have been on social media, so it hasn't been fact-checked. But I, we know that they're really severe. We completely minimize it. Yeah, it's just you've got stuff to do, so crack on with it. But, you know, I, I was on the pill for a really long time. I never knew what people were talking about, mm. cramps. I was like, yeah, my stomach hurts a little bit, but, like, get over it. <laughs> then I got off the pill and I was like, I – this is such karma for me ever thinking that people were <laughs> exaggerating because I have extreme pain now. But, you know, I think, interestingly, like ADHD at the moment, a lot of people are becoming are getting diagnoses because w the testing is, uh, more, is superior now and we're more literate in what the issues that look like ADHD can be. So we're getting more diagnoses. I think the same is going to start happening with things like that. So the extreme end of PMS, mm. so PMDD, will become something that a lot more people will suddenly realize that, yeah. actually, I just haven't got PMS, which we don't talk about. We minimize and just take a paracetamol. Yeah. I mean, I've I've ended relationships over with, during my PMDD time and then come out the other side and thought, God, he was a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Blew that one. <laughs> Blew that one. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's it's quite serious. I thought I was bipolar. And a lot of women say that. I, you know, I thought that that's what was going on until I started tracking my cycle. Anyway, this isn't about PMDD. But if you're listening, I've got it. So, and it sounds like sort of bringing it back to mirror water, it sounds like that is the thing that grounds you, that gives you perspective. It's yes. that beat. It's right? that beat. Yeah. It's just, I really look forward to a hot bath. Ugh. <laughs> now I really want to have a hot bath. How good. Um, I asked you what weakness you um, consciously work on. And you said giving yourself downtime. And again, yeah. it makes sense that you've created a brand where you, it's enforced downtime. Yeah. Well, it's it's something that I, I need. Mm -hmm. It's something I'm passionate about. And it's something that I think we all need more of. Mm. Um, for me, it's bathing. But, you know, with Mirror Water, yes, we have our products, but we also try to explore other things. You know, my real, real passion is getting into nature with my dog. Mm. And that's why all the products smell foresty. You know, that's when I really feel grounded. And I think that was one of my hesitations with starting a brand was, you know, another, another brand, another brand. But, you know, it's, it's about other things. It's just one tool in the toolkit. Mm -hmm. And it's a tool that I genuinely use and I really rely on, mm. you know. Um, I love it. I love the ethos of mirror water. I love the mirror water world. I'm excited to see what we do, you know. I'm excited too, because I think what you've started with is yeah. a really strong foundation. And, and also our tagline is realistic relaxation. I really felt that there weren't any wellness relaxation brands that weren't focused on kind of that guilt-driven narrative of, mm -hmm. you know, you need to be doing your yoga four times a week, five times a week. You need to, you know, wake up and mix that green powder in your water and drink it every day. Like, ew, no. You know, it's it's really for people who who believe in the concept of everything in moderation, including moderation itself. Mm -hmm. It's that sort of in a wellness brand. It's for people who are a little bit sick of wellness, but want to be a little more well. Wellness has become so commodified and it's also too plinky plonky for my liking. It's yeah. like if you it's like if you want to 
support your wellness, then you have to be some sort of airy fairy yeah. nonsense head. And it's like, you can be yeah. able to do your taxes and still look after your wellness. I find that the two get removed from each other, this mm. kind of practical empowerment versus yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to let the universe guide me. Yeah. Like, no, let's let's empower ourselves, not. Agreed. Good, let's do a handshake on that. <laughs> um, I asked you what your greatest strength was, and you said that you're an opportunist, and I want to get you to share an example. Um, do you think that you're an opportunist? I think I make opportunities for myself, yeah. But I, I don't think I'm an opportunist in the sense that, you know, I would step on someone else to get the opportunity, right, you right. know. Um, but I'll give you an example. So um, at Mirror Water, it was our first birthday uh, a couple months ago, and I wanted to have a birthday cake. And the girls at the office were like, yes, where should we get a cake from? Where should we get a cake from? And they were like saying all the names of the bakeries and stuff. And I said, well, why don't we get an Instagram baker who has an audience, who also um, likes the brand, who could make a reel, and then we could do a collaborative reel, and we can both benefit mm -hmm. so instead of just buying a cake mm -hmm. we worked with somebody i paid for the cake mm -hmm. and the reel and we did it together and we both got new followers from it so for instance that's an opportunity yeah. that i made which it, it would have just been i bought a cake yes. you know I, I do a lot of little things like that in my business but i think that's the really smart stuff it is but i just think some people don't do it or they don't even see it, you know. They're they too in it. They're too in it. But I mean, I'm sure there's so many more opportunities I could be doing. But that's just one little example. But just also, I'm quite efficient. You know, if I if there's something on the stairs, I pick it up on my way and bring it up stairs with me that if it needs to go up there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I am. Well, that's how, how my mom is. <laughs> and she taught me. So I try to just yeah, give myself the space to see opportunities, I guess, is is a better way to put it. Do you kick yourself if you look back and think, oh, my God, we could have done that? Yes. Mm. Drives me nuts. But sometimes you just don't always have the time or you, it's not the right fit or something. Mm. What's meant for you won't pass you by, et cetera, et cetera. I do agree with that. Mm. Yeah. I think when you spot something like that and if you tallied it up, yeah. I think your tally is probably quite positive. In a good place. I hope so. Um, our time together is drawing to a close. No. But I'm going to ask you about a time when you were wrong. I'm always wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong a lot. I don't know what answer I had. So actually, it was really interesting. You had a you said that you had a lot of preconceptions about what it took to manage a team and start okay, a business. That's what I was going to say. Managing a team is very difficult. I have so much respect for people who are good managers of mm. people. I was never taught how to do that. And I think that's actually, for me, one of the hardest parts of doing this is managing their emotions, managing their workload, um, trying not to micromanage, even though I am a micromanager because I'm so obsessed. Mm -hmm. um, disciplining mm -hmm. if things go badly. Oh, God, I'm very bad at that. I remember speaking to another brand owner who said that in business, you have to be prepared to tell somebody to do something seven times before they do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Because especially like no one trains you how to manage in magazines, in the media, or certainly not in the places where I worked. So there are a lot of people and I've people, friends of mine who will say that they would say to someone, do this, please, in a, in a nice way, like, oh, please, could you write this feature? In this way, it would come back looking completely different from what they had stipulated. And, yeah, and the manager, the editor, took it personally and saw it as a saw it as the writer thinking, "What you told me to do is rubbish. Mm. I don't want to do what you do, so I'm going to do my own thing." So they saw it as insolence. Okay, and so was created. Gosh, a really toxic environment. Yeah, I mean, I really do try to hire people and let them do the job that they're good at. But with some things, it is my brand, it's my business, and I have a vision for it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's all about communication. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to communicate when you're so busy. Yeah. Because I'm like, can you write that piece? And I want it, da, 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 da. In my head, I've said how it should be because it's in my head. I think I'm learning now to kind of 
slow it down and be like, this is what I want to do. Can you do it this way? But it is, it is very hard. That's the biggest obstacle right now. What I'm hearing from you is that even though you are wrong, you're actually relishing the learning part of being able to get it right. <laughs> well, ultimately, it's going to benefit me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I've been short before with some, you know, with some, maybe somebody I've worked with. And I thought that's just not the way to get it across, you know, but it's really hard to sometimes be like, what? can we learn from that big mistake you made? <laughs> it's all the learning process. But, you know, I, you know, someone once said to me in therapy, actually, her name's Gemma Perlin. She's really good. Um, she said to me, if someone explained it to you that way, would that make you want to do it better next time? Or would it make you annoyed and hurt? And, and it's really true. You have to think about how would I want to hear this news? How would I want someone to tell me to do better next time? You know, and it is really hard. It is. It is. But you're doing fine. Thank you. We're going to end on what you're hopeful about. What makes you hopeful for the future? I do hope that I um, can kind of work on the balance of my life a little bit. Um, I take my weekends off, but I hope I can keep coming back to the middle of things a little bit instead of just driving myself into the abyss. Um, I hope my anxiety gets a little bit better, which it seems to be the older I get, which is really good, although I love those antidepressants. <laughs> and I'm hopeful that um, things are going to be okay. I God, getting into your 30s is good. My late 20s sucked. The anxiety is so real. And people do say it gets better. And I do think it does. Mm -hmm. But I'm also in a really good mood today. <laughs> How old are you? Going to be 33. So in seven years, I'll welcome you to the 40s. Oh, my god! Although I'll be out of them. <laughs> There's my nervy bee. Um, Estée Lalonde, it was a pleasure to have you Thank back on the you. show. Thank you. I love chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a show. And why not tell a friend about the podcast? If you want to watch what happens behind the scenes, then head over to my Instagram where I'm at Emma Guns. And if you want to get in touch with me and share any risks, obstacles, challenges, or curveballs that you've faced and overcome, then tell me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. And it may feature in one of the midweek shows. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you on the next one. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.